Jibber Jabber with JPJ. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to Jibber Jabber with JPJ. My name is John Paul Jones, and I am joined by the always lovely and witty Devin Ruskin. Hello, Devin. How are you? It's been such a long time since we've interacted. At least two weeks it's been. What's going <laughs> on? How are you? Um, I'm great. I just have to bring up the fact that when you joined this call, you were wearing one of those like headband flashlights. And I just yeah. want to know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a nightlight with a, an elastic band that you wear around your head. I was huh. smoking some chicken thighs, and I was having some issues with my master built smoker. And I'm incredibly disappointed because I bought the new master built smoker just this July, and I'm already having issues with it. And I had and issues with my last. We're not sponsored. We're not sponsored no, by Master. No, <laughs> no, we are not sponsored by Master Built Smokers. And I had this issue with my last smoker, and I thought I wouldn't have this issue with the new one because they were selling it at Dick's Sporting Goods. Like, shouldn't everything at Dick's be top notch? Like, I bought my grill at Dick's. It's been amazing. Yeah. Like, why am I having issues with my smoker? I have no idea. It, it can't get past two. 230 degrees. It's ridiculous. Chicken thighs need to reach an internal temperature of 165. You sound like hours. such a nerd. Well, my I chicken my... needs to hit this. <laughs> well, well, Devin, you have to know what the internal temperature of chicken is before you can eat it because you can't eat raw chicken that hasn't reached an internal that temperature of 165 degrees. Otherwise, you will get the salmonella. And I would imagine that's not very fun. I've had. I've had shellfish poisoning. That is miserable. Ugh. The worst. I can't imagine salmonella would be any better than that. It's yeah. horrific. I but can I'm, only eat chicken that's pounded like to a pulp. Like veal. It needs like to veal. Be this chicken. Thinnest. Chicken. Yeah. Yeah, chicken that's literally that mimics the texture of veal. That's the that in yeah. real chicken and chicken from the smoker and fried chicken I can eat. But that's it. I you can I cannot oh, no, eat no. chicken. I can't eat chicken from the oven. It's disgusting. I cannot do it i can only do it yeah I, it grosses me it's, out too i prefer somebody chicken? else to make chicken for me yeah it better be grilled fried cooked on the stovetop in some oil that's again pounded thin like veal uh, yeah or fried and that's literally it just no is i not meant for the oven it's i cannot oil. eat fried chicken for the life oh, of me. why why can't you eat fried chicken i think that's the best way to enjoy chicken um it hurts my tummy the last time I had Chick-fil-A was... Take some I Tums. Know, Take some Tums. You'll be fine. I used to pregame uh, chicken, fried chicken and french fries with Tums. And What? Five years ago, I had Chick-fil-A. I got just like the original chicken sandwich and fries. That's one of the best chicken sandwiches you can have. For two hours. Period. What? It's so good. Like, it's amazing. I mean, I, I love Chick-fil-A. Yeah, but I just projectile vomited orange for orange hours and stained that's my literally parents' something carpet. Out of a car yeah. Oh my gosh, that's horrendous, Devin. I'm don't eat fried chicken. That's really horrific. I'm sorry, Devin. No, no, grilled chicken though. Yes. Oh gosh, I know. I really can't eat chicken out of the oven. It's disgusting. The texture no. is rubbery. I'm sorry you can't do fried chicken. That's personally my favorite way to enjoy it. I don't think I'd ever eat KFC fried chicken. I had one bad experience, and that was enough for me to never have it again. Uh, but fried chicken is definitely I, the yeah. Best that, way to eat it. I do that with a lot of restaurants. Yeah, yeah. If one upsets my stomach, I'm never going back. 
I know. I know. My stomach has yet to be upset by McDonald's. You'd think that I would have had an upset stomach from, from McDonald's by now, but it hasn't happened. You know Luckily. what? I also projectile vomited from McDonald's. I was at a photo oh, shoot for no um, <laughs> projectile. Oh my college. gosh! Like what? The, yeah, all in the, college all the we had a photo shoot, and it was outside in the common, which is just like the park in Boston. And I like ran off during the photo shoot and just started puking in public, and it was the most embarrassing thing in my life. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Well, that's something you and I both have in common. I've that's true. You have nothing to fear now, now that you've puked in public. Yeah, you've you did it most... on national television. Well, you well, we've both been in our most vulnerable state in public. So what what else yeah. do we have to fear other than fear itself at this point? That's Seriously. beautiful. That was know, beautiful. It's, it's amazing. Oh my gosh. But well, you know who else is amazing? Oh my gosh. Can we just talk about Clayton Snyder? My Literally, crush growing yeah. up. <laughs> and the literally I don't think I've ever been more envious as somebody as I was of him when I was a child. He got to be the love interest of Hillary Duff for three years. I know. Gosh, what a guy. And we get to talk to him. I really hope that you guys enjoy listening to the conversation that we're about to have with Clayton Snyder. Please enjoy. Clayton ah. Snyder, it is there great to see you, sir. How hey, are man. you? Look how oh. learned you are. Oh my! Oh my do not gosh. do not be deceived, Clayton. This is all for show. None yeah, of these he's books... illiterate. He can't read. I can't read. I can't read. Maybe you could teach me, Clayton, because I happen to know that you are Renaissance man, Clayton. You well, are literally, you're literally a guy that does it all, Clayton. We, what do you? We could do. We just start a whole new podcast, just learning with JPJ, and we just and, Clay- and Clayton Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's awesome! Heck yeah, dude! Hair is looking excellent per usual. Yeah, we not doing sur- okay. Not We're surprised okay here, guys. at all, dude. Holy you- crap! <laughs> Jeez, man. Stop- you have by far surpassed me in the hair. Stop game. it. No, we're not, oh, not even oh, we're, not, oh. we're not even having this conversation. The, the crown has I, been passed down. I submit, I, I submit, I submit. I'm not worthy of your compliments, Clayton. Please. Ah. I understand what you're trying to do, and I respect the attempt at humility, but it's not gonna work over here, Clayton. I just wanted to address uh, like some of the reasons like why I'm so drawn to you. It's not the fact that you're a beautiful specimen of a man. It's not. Are the you fact flirting that with him? I'm hey. very secure with who <laughs> Look, I am, Devin. Dude, so I can I can dish out absolutely. Any, absolutely. I can dish out whatever I want to Clayton, and I also happen to know that Clayton's married too. And congratulations! Thank uh, you. I know this is a little late to your beloved. <laughs> Thank you very uh, much. No, you congrats. You did. You did. You did. You were great. Clayton, uh, you've done every job essentially in show business, and you're also a professional. <laughs> far from the truth, but I'm I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> uh, you're 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 a, write, a writer. I mean, you have a writing credit, a producing credit, uh, forty-seven acting credits. You you you've done the damn thing, Clayton. You've been around the block, and if so, if, if you happen to find yourself in need to be in a producing position, you could definitely execute on that role. But anyway, Clayton, what I find most interesting about you are not. A, all the aforementioned things I just talked about, or the fact that you were a professional water polo player. It's the fact that you were famous when you were 13. And, you know, it's no secret 13 that... with the mind of a child. It's totally accurate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think all 13-year-old guys are. But 
I mean, it's no secret that people that get that sort of limelight experience that young of an age tend to develop issues later in life. And as far as I'm concerned, there's never been a negative variance in your life. Clayton, you're one of the most down to earth, friendly guys I've ever met in my entire life. I mean, you're involved in your community. I mean, just yesterday, I got an email from you about volunteering at some sort of event in Los Angeles. I don't know what that's all about, but point being is that you're just a very grounded, got normal guy, Clayton. And I'm just curious as to what you attribute your level-headedness and normalcy to, Clayton, because I'm not going to name any names, but people who were also on the Disney Channel at the same time as you haven't had as favorable of running in with the laws you have, let's say. So what do you attribute this normalcy and level-headedness to, Clayton? Because it seems as though your life is only accelerated after your Disney Channel experience. Because right after, right after your run at Lizzie McGuire, you got a scholarship to play water polo at Pepperdine and you play professional water polo in three different countries. I mean, what, what do you attribute, what do you attribute, attribute this normalcy and level-headedness to Clayton? Because you seem to just really have yourself together. Also, every episode starts with like a seven minute monologue from John Paul Jones talking about everyone's achievements. So <laughs> this is normal. I think we only hit four minutes. Where's the other three? <laughs> JPJ. Yeah, keep going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is it also, about you, Clayton? Yeah. <laughs> also, hi, Devin. Uh, hi. I'm Clayton. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. Um, it's uh, the the preface to that to the answer is that there is no formula for life, and if I say what I think attributed to my path, you know, who who knows what is the most uh, impactful thing or, or otherwise? I grew up with. A lot of great opportunity in a, in a great place. Uh, well, you know, my, I saw so I attribute a lot to my parents and uh, growing up in Orange County is a great place to be, you know, beach town kid. Uh, I went to, you know, good school, had good friends around me. And so I attribute it to mainly my community and uh, the, the people that I was with in terms of like the level headedness, I'd say at that age, because when I was doing the show and everyone was really excited about it. Uh, my closer friends, like I had people that I didn't know that would either then hate me or pretend that we were best friends. Uh, and then the people that actually knew me going into it would just make fun of me for it or call me Lizzie. Like my water, oh pole, my my water pole teammates <laughs> called me Lizzie. Oh uh, so, oh my kinda, gosh. you know, when you're hopping into the pool in a speedo and your teammates calling you Lizzie, it, it keeps you humble. Uh, oh, at a for sure. Point. Um, Ab- absolutely. But the speedo is a power move, man. What are you talking about? It is, I'm, I'm not saying it's not a power move. Uh, trust me, I wore a fanny pack as well in high school. So there's just lots of uh, subtle hints of comfort in my own skin, <laughs> right, <laughs> I guess. Right. What kept me out of it was that when I was 13, 14, 15 years old, and granted, I was only like a recurring character on that show, so can we like only, the episodes. only a recurring character, Clayton? I mean, it's every actor's right. dream to get a recurring role on a hit sitcom. Well, Some people can't even dream the, of getting the, that sort of a role. The reason for qualifying that is that when you are a series regular, you have less time for other things in life and you are more vibe for in your attention and, uh, and your attendance to events and other things and who your circles are. So because right. I was recurring... I 
had a very busy life. I was still going to public school in Orange County. I was doing band for a little bit. I did have to quit that. And I was Were still you playing. a trumpet player? I was a saxophone player, alto. Ah, damn. I thought Me you were. Me too. You oh wish. my gosh. <laughs> both wore Speedos on TV, played the saxophone. No kidding. Our long hair. No kidding. Clayton. Maybe we can start a sax duet. Uh, I can't really play anymore, but. Um, I can't either. I'll, Let's I'll, get back I'll dance. It. I'll be I'll be one of your background one dancers as you play. Time. One note at a time. Every week we'll learn one note. Next week we learn two notes. Soon we got Mary had a little lamb and we're on our way. So uh, or twinkle but, twinkle little star. Twinkle, I love it. Right. Don't push it. Now that's a little too hard. <laughs> and then um but Clayton, let me let me let me ask you something. So yeah. Uh so it seems as though you lived a really normal life in the midst of this recurring role that you got to play. But so I was I was at you, public school and, and playing and playing sports and that normalcy, like in like going to church on Sunday, like so I had a very I had a lot of normalcy tied there. Uh and it, gotcha. like those were my my friends weren't other people who were also actors who and you know when you're in these yeah. shows and stuff like that, you're not always just around kids your own age. You're with people of higher and higher and higher levels of maturity or maturity. Uh, and there are certain cultures that go around with entertainment spheres that um, some are more colorful than others. So there's just a lot of room for influence there. And there's a lot of money going around. And I just imagine you find yourself in a situation where it's just very easy to follow certain paths. And I just just didn't have as much access or awareness or will for that. Interesting. And and so Clayton, when you were auditioning for the role of Ethan Kraft uh, for Lizzie McGuire, were you aware of the, the stakes at hand? Did you know that a, you would be a recurring character on the Disney channel while you were auditioning for that and that you'd be co-starring with one of the most iconic TV figures at the time? Uh, no, I had no clue. I knew that auditioning for a Disney show was a good thing uh, and had no idea where it would go, how big it would be. And the character was indeed uh, just a guest star when I auditioned for him at the time. But, oh, uh, it, yeah. so it was not a it was a one time sort of ancillary yeah. character supporting yeah. the lead. Yeah. And then uh, he was going to be continue to have like a very small role, but he was more of a, a bully character at first. And then after the first three episodes or so, I slowly transitioned to be uh, the, the love interest. I Gosh, I just remember when I was a kid, like I just had a natural attraction to Hillary Duff. And I knew I, I was jealous of you. I remember thinking like, I want to be that guy that Hillary Duff is attracted to. I remember distinctly when I was a kid watching that, Clayton. It's insane. And so did, did you, like when you landed that role, Clayton, like were you aware uh, that you kind of had to make them, because it, it seems like you made the role more than what it was made out to be, because I'm assuming they had you improv your first ep episode when I believe uh, it was picture day and you were getting one of the characters to pose a certain way, right? You went, uh, I think you said something like this. Hey, we're all going to pose. And you seem so natural. I totally believed it. Even though you were just a kid, the, the, the whole scene worked brilliantly. I mean, you just went, hey, we're all going to pose like this. I mean, did, 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 you, did, did you have any thought as to like, whether or not you, you had to make that scene greater than how it was written? Were you, were you aware of that at all? Uh, so, I mean, that was the script. <laughs> 
<laughs> I hope that, yeah. I'm sorry to take away some of the, the, the magic and mystery of it. Uh, that's, that's effectively how it was written. And, and it's certainly up to interpretation of, uh, to the actor of, I forget what the script action line read in terms of how the face was described, uh, whether mm. it was like a serious face or like a stone, like stone face or something like that. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I had an acting coach uh, help me with the audition as well. Uh, when I did it, and uh, yeah, it was just just being very relaxed and not too tough, and uh, yeah, it's it very fun. Also, doing that just in that episode, trying to get everyone to make that face, and then in the end, I can't do it myself. This is classic. No kidding. That's and and that was your first ever TV credit, is that right? And I understand you did some elementary school acting before, oh, yeah. and so. So, like, I think you did Tom Sawyer and yeah. uh, The Wizard of Oz, right? Were those was uh-huh. that the only prior acting experience that you had? Uh, no, I did. So that was fourth and fifth grade. I was uh, the Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz. And I was, it's funny, when I was auditioning for Tom Sawyer, I really wanted to be auditioning Tom Sawyer. For- and these are plays, right? These are, these are plays, yeah. For or, yeah, mu- musical musicals for my elementary school. So I was, oh gosh, uh, 15, 14, 15, 15, uh, 10, 11 years old. Is that doing these? Now I've now I've mo- I've been to several different elementary schools in my time, and I'm all in different places throughout the country. And I can't say that it's ev- in every place I've been that it's normal to audition for certain spots within an elementary school play is it is that just like, like a, a california I, thing is that just like a loss <laughs> is that just like a los angeles thing i think i don't know if it was so much that you would audition for roles per se like i'm auditioning for the character of blank i think it's more like you present like this is how like all right everyone's gonna dance everyone's gonna sing and then the music director just decides who's gonna be what um, depending, you know, who's who's most interested or what kind of fits the show. That seems so, like a pretty odd thing to be interested in for a macho guy like yourself, Clayton. At, at the time, I mean, you're you were a late. I mean, you were obviously a ladies' man. I mean, did, did somebody prompt you to do? Did somebody prompt you into doing this, or was this all on your? Did you want to do this on your own accord? Well, yeah. Why did you want to be a child actor? Yeah. Why did you want to be a child actor? No, no. I, I just love that. Yeah, I wish yeah. I was. Uh, well, it's. <laughs> <laughs> pros and cons, pros and cons. Uh, there was our, I wanted to, I had a lot of fun watching movies. I liked impersonating the characters that I would see and like imitating them. And it was fun for me. And I, I liked making people laugh. I, I loved the feeling when people would laugh and I would make them laugh. It was very nice. And when I was in elementary school, I thought it was genius for them to have, it wasn't that like, hey, it's the elementary school musical. And so everyone just auditions. Only the fourth and fifth graders could do the musical. So it became exclusive. So oh. in a way, the cool kids, the big kids, did the musical. And so it was like, oh, man, I can't wait till it's my turn. Like, I'm going to be able to do this. And you saw other kids in school. Like we, It was just kind of a culture that was built up over time where it, it could have been that the fourth and fifth graders did the musical, but the cool fourth and fifth graders didn't do the musical. Yeah, they did it, but the cool ones didn't. Like everyone that was popular, like did the did the musical. It was like a very socially acceptable, like fun thing to do. That's and, how Safety and, Patrol was for us in elementary uh, oh, school. Yeah? 
How do you, yeah. oh, oh, just doing the safety. <laughs> yeah. Like if you were like, in like fifth grade and you were halls. safety patrol, you were cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dope. I love that. I love that. So I guess that's why I didn't, I never set out to necessarily be like a child, like child, would you say child star? Child actor. Child, yeah. child actor. So I, I did those elementary school plays and then my mom saw that I enjoyed it and that I was booking lead roles for my elementary school what's where does this go from here and there was a local community theater that started doing more dramatic pieces and uh and more musicals and things like that so i was just kind of building up uh skill through experience uh, and it just experience versus with experience uh, so liz mcguire was the first like television actual professional production that i did and uh, extremely did you audition for, for anything else prior to that Oh, auditioned for lots. I was auditioning professionally for like about a year and a half or so mm-hmm. for different things. And a lot of close calls for different things. I think I, I got to the callbacks for the love interest in the Even Stevens movie and oh, other things man. like that. Uh, Were you strictly Disney, not Nick? Yeah, right. No, <laughs> the funny thing is, is that I was totally Nickelodeon kid. I would really? only, wa- only same, watch Nickelodeon. Same. Yeah. Uh, Disney was like a little girly. Oh, yeah, it was, just it was like a little. Gir- it was for the girls. It wasn't a guy. It wasn't really a guy's thing. Was cool, yeah. edgy. Yeah, they had Ren and Stimpy, like <laughs> yeah, real monsters. They were throwing Arnold. slime at each like, other. And like, look, they weren't doing like there was no. That, that's not true. There was there was plenty of live action at the time. Uh, but there was um, like Camp on Awana. Uh, uh, what was the one? Tales from the Crypt. Was that Nickelodeon? think so certainly wasn't yeah. disney anyway you're asking some great questions yeah, i'm asking Clayton, the wrong generation I'm not the right guy <laughs> I know. Oh gosh. i'm like wait oh it I'm, starts i'm almost 34 got the it. amanda show the amanda show is yeah as we're early like as amanda show drake and josh yeah I think yeah the amanda our... show is as early as it gets and then with the disney channel it starts at lizzie mcguire even stevens that's a raven it. it's yeah. Every, yeah everything else is prehistory to got us it. amazing <laughs> But yeah, you were you you were you were absolutely a part of our childhood, Clayton. Grandpa, and, you know, I, I know it, it's crazy. My you know my my younger self would be so jealous that I'm talking to you right now, Clayton. Yeah, I am baffled. I'm talking to the love interest of Lizzie McGuire. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> but but Clayton, even today, you've got to keep hanging around JPJ. It's going to take you around the world. <laughs> no. oh, Clayton, okay. Clayton. Even today, you know, I'll, you know, I'll tell my girlfriend and you know s- some of my other friends, like, yeah, I'm going to talk to, you know, uh, Clayton Snyder. He was Ethan Kraft and Lizzie McGuire, and they all ha- they all have this like insane visceral response, like, oh my gosh, I ca- I loved him. I can't believe you you get to talk to him. I mean, dur- at the time, <laughs> you, you met me. I, I, it, Cl- <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so ridiculous. You say that like as if like you've been to jail seven times, and if you <laughs> as if you've created some heinous crimes. I mean, Clayton, you are you're an outstanding guy. Quit it with the oh, I'm a bad guy act. Oh. <laughs> but but Clayton, 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 there at at the time, t- 2001 to 2003, you there, there had to have been obviously some sort of psychological impact to the attention that you were getting at the time. Did did it, did it give you some sort of confidence boost at the time did, did it ever go to your head while you were a regular on one of the most popular shows on kids tv
With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Fall is busy, but HelloFresh recipes save you time you'd otherwise spend meal planning, shopping, and chopping. So you can get back to what matters. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need to easily customize your order on the app within minutes. Easily change your delivery day, food preferences, and plan size, or skip a week whenever you need to. I love HelloFresh because it saves me time during the week. I don't have to think about what I'm going to plan for dinner during the week. All my food just shows up right at my door after clicking a few buttons on the internet. My girlfriend and I love it. It saves us so much time during the week. So go to HelloFresh.com slash JPJ14 and use code JPJ14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash JPJ14 and use code JPJ14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. I would think that it had to have affected me somehow in that regard. Uh, for questions like that, I'm <laughs> prompted to say, ask my friends, because <laughs> they'd yeah, probably yeah. be more reliable witnesses to my character at that time. Part of going back to what kept me grounded or helped keep me grounded, I guess, was playing water polo, because being an actor, like you said earlier, like why, what made you want to do the musical, like, wouldn't you be made fun of? Aren't you too, too macho for that or whatever? And that was certainly, as I got older, the continued perception was that I was this actor, this actor Disney kid and uh, and just, like, such a joke to people for for some reason. Would, and people, people, would people ridicule you for, for your stint on the Disney Channel? Was high, it mostly- school, high school water polo games, away games, uh, I would draw crowds from the other school. Half of them would be there to be like, oh my gosh, this is the guy from Liz McGuire. And, and like, like, just to be like, wow, like, let's get his picture or autograph. And the other half would be like, let's show up and make fun of him. And so I would be like playing in the game, like locked up with somebody. And the kid I'm playing with is like, like verbally harassing me based on the fact that I was a Disney uh, actor. And, but the fun and thing surely, was, yeah. for me, was that I had good coaches and was pretty competitive where I just kicked their ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah. yeah. And it was, it, was, it was a motivator for me. So it was like, yeah, like you can say whatever you want, but look at the scoreboard, <laughs> man. All right. Uh, so for water polo, it, it, there was this competitive edge that came along with it. But it, but in high school, your day to day, I mean, surely like people must have wanted to be your friend. I, I mean, you must have had this influx of people just wanting to have you give just the slightest bit of attention to them. Uh, I mean, yes, for 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 some people. Uh, but like I said, it would. Uh, I just kept I kept tight to my closest group of friends, and it didn't really change that much. And when you'd when you, that's where like the pros and cons come in because when you are meeting new people, there is just a very thick filter between them seeing you as a, a person, as opposed to always being, oh, this is the guy from that thing, and uh, there is that's going to hinder the genuineness 
of that relationship. And you just get a sense for it over time. And it kind of bums you out because you a lot of times wish that this either this other person, it was nice when people didn't know that I was on a show or it was nice when they didn't recognize me, whatever it was. And again, I could tell. And so as I'm forming this relationship with that person, I know that it's genuine. And then if they find out later, then like, whatever, then it's cool trivia for them. And they're like, what the hell? Right. That's you? Or like, you know, I've never seen it. I'm like, great. Uh, so just, it adds to, it adds or subtracts to the authenticity of relationships with people. Interesting, Clayton. And at no one's I've, fault, you know, like I'm the same, if I saw someone else that I would like really admire, I'm like, oh my gosh, like it just, it, it adds yeah. something to it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Totally understandable, Clayton. And I'm curious uh, to the aspect of your water polo career. I mean, I, I I know that when the camera turns on, when the competition starts, there's this mood of uh, this sort of like life or death effect that like a competition or the camera has. I mean, it's just it's on and it, it's go time, right? It's adrenaline inducing, yes. Yeah. And so would you say that your Lizzie McGuire experience helped propel your experience as a water polo player because you must have been used to having these outside influences impact your performance. Because I mean, when you're when you're on set, I mean, you have all these camera guys that you have to ignore. You have all the you have all these people in the background. You have to you have, you have to use your imagination to push all of that out. And so, I would imagine that there's some added athletic benefit to that. And, and you've had a really successful water polo career. So <laughs> would you say that that sort of aspect to it helped propel your career or, do, or am I just fabricating this whole concept? John Paul Jones, that is very interesting to me because typically the question would be, how did your water polo and athleticism and playing in games affect your acting and like what you're bringing to the stage <laughs> or to the, you know, to the set or camera or scene, or whatever. And you're yeah. like, wow, like acting is such a thing. How did it prepare you to be an athlete? And that's <laughs> well, a, the story's obvious. Well, the story, the story's obvious. valid point. But, but Clayton, the story is obvious. I mean, you really pursued water polo. So it seems that that, that, that was sort of the case. Am I right? Well, Acting and and I was I was an athlete uh, more formally before I was an actor and I started playing water polo uh, when I was eight yeah. years old and so I didn't do Lizzie until I eight? was thirteen yeah and so I had that was kind of built in though there I would say my role on Lizzie wasn't quite like a Friday Night Lights experience where it was so intense because. <laughs> Look at the guy. It's Ethan Kraft. I mean, the stakes aren't that high. <laughs> right, right, right. Now, there, right. there's a level of professionalism you want to bring to the set. And as, uh, you know, later in life or in acting classes, like, yeah, you'd kind of get into more dramatic moments of, like, this is the scene. However, it's never about, like, hopefully you're not in a headspace of, this is my moment. I better perform well for the cameras or for the people watching this. It's you are just within a set of circumstances that are very real to you. And that's it. Uh, Now there is a level of focus. I would say that's very comparable between the two of them where I can't be, there's nothing else to think about either between myself and this person that I am, you know, acting with that I'm having this conversation with in, in our circumstance. Like there's nothing else. There is nothing else happening right now. Like that's it. 
there's no there's not a camera or stuff like that and then in the game it's like there's no issues with my girlfriend there's no like what plans later tonight there's no even like the the fourth quarter it's just this play right now so there's very 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 much a uh, mirroring of that in terms of present focus, I would say. Interesting, Clayton. And so, would you say that you're so you're a water polo player first, an actor second, yeah, real estate third. Well, these days, real estate first, <laughs> water polo player second. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's up. Interesting. So, and I understand. I I know that you went to Pepperdine when we met at that event, which was like a crazy moment for Wait, me. Wait, yeah. How did you guys meet? Cameo, baby. Find us on Cameo, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> really? Is that how you met? perfect birthday gift to your mom? Find us on Cameo. <laughs> there was a, we had the, I think, I don't know if we had the same rep, but we were at a, like a kind of a client appreciation event. Uh, so a bunch of people that are, that are on Cameo were invited to come hang out in LA. And what? that's where I met. And people were like, oh, it's JPJ. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> I, I, yeah, like, I can't, he looks like a really nice guy. Can't wait to meet him. <laughs> And then I, I think I got wind from somebody who was like, dude, that's kind of like, like, he's like you in real life. But like, I mean, like, like your character in real life, but you, you'll see, just meet him. And I'm like, just, and then like, I had a nice buddy, buddy moment. I t- like, he found out I were, I found out he wanted to like take acting a little bit more seriously. I took him aside. We had a nice little one-on-one, like, Hey, I got you, man. Anything you need, I'm here for you. I, I remember, I remember that night so well, because I remember what you told me and I've always applied this to every interaction I've ever had with anyone ever, but I often fail at it because I'm just so bad with names. You told me to look at people in the eye and repeat what their name is in front of them when we were sitting there. Do you remember that? Yeah. 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 It, it, it's been incredibly helpful because, you know, I, I go to a lot of those sorts of events where you meet a lot of people and gosh, I mean, you can be in a circumstance where you're meeting 20 different people and it's just impossible to keep track of the names. But if you say the name and look at them and, uh, repeat their name in front of them. You, it's much easier to remember their name, but I did not realize how important that was until you called that out to me. I mean, it's it, it can be difficult to keep track. That was a really interesting night because Dante Bosco was there, and that guy, <laughs> that, guy that guy is still going at it. I, you yeah, know, for I, those I who that, don't know, he's most famously uh, Rufio from Hook, and also voices on uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender, among other many things. But he's a really great guy. Yeah, and uh, Jake, the, he was also Jake, the American Dragon, uh, oh. big another Disney, another Disney Channel guy. That was a that was a crazy night. Gosh, my childhood, you know, characters all came into fruition. It's crazy. <laughs> but you took this hiatus from acting in two thousand and four. Am I right? Or were, were, it, it, it seemed as though you were exclusively devoted to water polo at the time. Yeah, it was it was after the movie, which was two thousand and one, two thousand two ish, I think, when that came out. Because I was already under the impression that once the series wrapped after I think three seasons, then I was going to be going into high school. It's a great, perfect timing. I'm just going to focus on water polo and school and acting. I don't really know. And then uh, I was going to be starting on varsity as a freshman and I was really excited for it and uh, high hopes. And then they came out with the news that they were doing a movie, but I'd have to miss my freshman water polo season. And that was a huge, uh. huge, huge decision for me. Uh, it was as if I was like missing my senior year for, for some reason. There was just like a lot of weight behind it. I just felt that attached like to my team already. I had to make a decision. Uh, okay. Am I, 
going to play this water polo season or am I going to film this movie in Rome? Oh my gosh. That's Got a hard it. decision yeah, for you. So Come on, like, man. I'm going to do that. Oh my gosh. A big budget film, which such a small percentage of actors ever get to experience. Yeah. You can play water polo the rest of your life. You can be 80 years old and still play. When Clayton. you're in it, man. That was a hard that was a I, hard decision to make. I got, then listen, you can ask my mom. I got really depressed during filming because I was missing so much uh, of a, like dramatic moments with my team. And I felt like I could have had an impact had on it. I had huge FOMO. And I'm glad I made the right decision. I made the right decision at the time, though. You got depressed because one of the most beautiful women in Hollywood at the time wanted to wanted to fawn over you in a big budget film and you would have rather swam in a pool throwing a ball around with a bunch of guys wearing speedos i don't know if come she on man wanted to fawn over me uh, she had but to <laughs> she was being paid to fawn over me maybe that was the, the motivator there uh plus she went for gordo anyway we all know spoiler alert sorry not sorry uh <laughs> oh you ruined but, it uh you ruined yeah right no, it was, it's, it's true. It's true. I just had, I was, I've always been for the boys, man. And it, it I really, really the boys. not being there for my team. And I still feel this way. You know what it is? It's because my greatest fear isn't public speaking. It's letting people down. And I felt that I was letting my team down at that time. Oh, and it was very, man. very, very painful to experience that. And it was after filming the movie that I decided to not act uh, until wow. later, because I, like you said, I could act any time in my life. Water polo, as excelled as I was, if I stopped playing that, there's no coming back at a certain level. And so that, I thought that was my only time to really know how far I could take it, and it ended up being pretty far. Interesting. Damn. Do you have any? Do you have any regrets over that decision, Clayton? The quick answer is no. Uh, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be in my life right now. I truly believe that. And my decisions brought me here, so I don't. Has Have I thought, would it be a different path if I stayed with acting? Would there have been uh, faster and bigger opportunities? And would I be a full-time actor professionally right now? Sure, maybe. Could I have also had to have dropped out of school, stopped playing water polo, and then got into some pretty dark circles before that happened. Yeah. So in a way, I consider it that I was maybe saved from uh, worse scenarios. After 2004, I mean, did you step away? Did you like send a, like a book out date to your agent and say, hey, look, taking a hiatus from acting. I'm just going to focus on water polo while I'm in college. Did you Did you audition while you were in college at all? No, 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 nothing in college. It was just water polo in school at that time. So after uh, we left the agency that we were with during the show, and then before the movie, I linked up with a manager. But then I got the movie, not because of my manager, because, because I booked the show. Right. Uh, but then after the movie, uh, I told uh, my manager at the time, Beverly Strong. Uh, was she with Luber Rockland by chance? Uh, she was not. Okay. She was with Anonymous Content at the time. Gotcha. And uh, told her, like, hey, I'm I deciding that I want to live life a little bit. She's like, I totally get it, kiddo. I got a few kids of my own, and they got to do the same thing. So just let me know when you come back. And 10 years, <laughs> 12 years later, I did. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Nice. You, did, you did one movie in that 10 to 12-year period, and that's Life is Not a Musical. I believe that's the name of it, right? Define movie. 
I, it was it was a project. It was a yeah. a, it was an hour and ten minutes long. <laughs> it was a feature film. And furthermore, because we're because we're talking about it now, I have to ask: Is that where I noticed that Allegra Edwards was also in the cast of that? Is that where mm. you met? Is that where you met your wife? Uh, in see, that was a uh, student produced film of a bunch of Pepperdine kids, and Pepperdine is indeed where I met my uh, to be wife Allegra. Ah. Got you. Interesting. Interesting. And so you played Waller. So you played water polo from 2010 to 2014. Uh, Well, that uh, other side of that. So 2000 and college was 2006 to 2010. But then you played professional water polo, right? Uh, Yeah. For a couple of years, I played a season in uh, Italy, second division, and then uh, part of a season of Hungary, first division, and then part of a season of uh, Montenegro, but injuries kind of racked up. And it, again, you feel like, <laughs> ironically, I was on the tail end of, of that run where uh, similarly to the acting bit compared to water polo, at that time, towards the end of my playing pro, I, I thought I was going to be done playing water polo, at least at that level, after college. And I was going to go back to acting. And then uh, after talking with the then national team coaches of whom I had relationships with, they uh, were like, Hey, you know, if you keep training and developing, you have a chance of making the national team. And I couldn't not try. Cause I'd be thinking like, well, what if like, you know, I would right, always right. be thinking like, is, is it possible? And I say for me, like I didn't grow up dreaming of being an Olympian. It was not my, like the thing that I thought of the most, uh, it wasn't even on my radar. I didn't know professional water polo existed uh, nice. after college for a long time until I got to college. And uh, I was like, yeah, it'd be, I think it'd be fun to play pro water polo for a year. It wasn't like, I'm, I'm in for the long haul. And then it was like, great, well, then I'm going to make this a goal of mine. And that's why ultimately it, it did not come to fruition because it wasn't embedded in my heart enough to go through really, really tough, emotionally draining times. <laughs> To be like, nope, this is what I'm choosing to do. We got to a point where I'm like, I'm really putting myself through a lot of suffering to try to impress other people, and this isn't for me. Uh, and so I had to make that call, and I had to quit. You were doing it to, to impress do. other people. Yeah. No kidding. Not because well, you loved it. It wasn't impress. Not quite impress. That's not the right word. It goes back yeah. to not letting other people down because I had a lot of people in yeah. my corner rooting for me to make it. And so I had the fear of not letting them down, which kept me going for longer than maybe I should have gone. Man, that's, yeah, that's, that's certainly a, a tough call to make, but Hey, look, I mean, you still had a really, a really f- a great run like acting after your whole water polo endeavor. I mean, it, you've done everything from, you know, star and you know, or guest star in NCIS to help write and produce a, a documentary Clayton and, you know, of your most recent, of all the acting work you've done, Clayton, what what are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? Because I'm, I'm I'm so proud of a lot of those things for different reasons, like the documentary you mentioned about my grandfather's World War II story. It's just like a like a twelve minute mini documentary, but we worked really hard on that, and it's it's a family heirloom now. So I'm obviously immensely proud of that. Like what I 
like most fondly like look back on would might be one of the musicals that I did uh, somewhat recently at the Gary Marshall Theater. Uh, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. That was an absolute highlight uh, for me. So what would you say was the biggest takeaway from the whole Lizzie McGuire experience? Would you say that it sort of gave you the most like broad view of the world in terms of like kind of seeing what people are like around, you know, somebody that has this sort of uh, TV status? I think one of the, my biggest takeaways from doing Lizzie McGuire was the influence my mom was on me and how I treated everyone on the set um, mm -hmm. in front of or behind the camera. And, and just the, the things that she would have me do or make sure that I would say hi to people, not to like get like good, but just to treat people with respect uh, in that way, like when you would show up on set, one of the first things you do after you check in is just get your wardrobe on so that you're at least that's ready to go. Then you get your hair and makeup done, and then you go to either the school room, school room or straight to set if you're a minor. And and when I was done filming, my mom would have me hang up all of my garments on the uh, hangers or racks that they arrived in, and you know fold things up or put the shoes next to each other before we left and apparently we were the only people that did that and it's not in my contract or that's not my role to do that but and it's just a respect and courtesy thing and little details like that build up over time i think i'm by no means like the most organized most awful person out there but little things like that have helped me be more so than i would be otherwise and that's why you became a recurring character that's Damn right, Devin. Yeah. <laughs> a guest, uh, it's so interesting. Like the, the, our guest we had last week, Brendan Robinson, he was mm. also just supposed to be a guest star on Pretty Little Liars, but he, he parlayed his guest star role into a recurring role. So, I mean, clearly there's, you know, just by folding clothes. Dang, there, there's truth to that. Interesting, Clayton. Thanks. I will say, I don't know if it uh, gets you recurring roles, but uh, <laughs> it doesn't keep you from them. Right. No, no doubt. No question about it, Clayton. That's that's really fascinating. And Clayton, I'll never forget the moment I met you. You're one of the friendliest, most charismatic people I've ever met in my entire life. And I'll never forget the wisdom that you shared with me and uh, in our brief interaction. And I really hope to hang out with you and uh, have a few beers uh, with you in the not so distant future, Clayton. In your new LA home that he sells you. Which I will unfortunately not be putting a down payment on anytime soon because uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think LA is the right place for me right now. I just can't justify living there at the moment, just given the COVID circumstances. Wherever Clayton, you end up, let me know. Thank I got, you. I got a sphere. Yeah, dude. Sounds good, my guy. Well, Clayton, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, you have such a fascinating story to tell, and I know that our listeners will love hearing what you have to say. Well, I hope, I hope y'all listeners do love it. What an interesting and dynamic guy. Clayton is so humble and down to earth and just such an open book and willing to share the wisdom that he's acquired through his childhood stardom. And to my surprise, I mean, I couldn't detect anything that was off. He, he's such an, an impressive guy. I mean, he's going at his career full force and... 
he's just so willing to hand off what he's learned and pass on the valuable knowledge that he's acquired over his impressive water polo and acting experience. I just have to say I'm baffled that I got to talk to a childhood crush of mine. I think I did that last week. I'm doing it this week. And also, I love the advice that he gave you about saying someone's name and then looking them in the eyes. I think that's really helpful, not only to make them feel at least worthy, but to remember their name. Yeah. I don't do that. I don't remember people's names. (laughs) Before meeting him, I never would have thought, okay, I'm going to repeat their name and look at them in the eye and just so I can remember what their name is after they told me. Because I can't tell you how many times I've met somebody and then 10 seconds later repeated to them, hey, wait, what's your name? Yeah. what a, what a, what a great, and he has such great attention to detail. What a guy. Oh my gosh. I had a great time talking to him. I really hope to grab beers with him the next time I'm in Los Angeles. We hope you guys enjoy following Clayton Snyder's career as much as we do. Thank you for tuning in and listening to another episode of Jibber Jabber with JPJ. Jibber Jabber with JPJ. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.